Welcome to the Growth Lab. I am Tej Singh, personal growth enthusiast, world traveler, sales professional on a spiritual journey to live my highest expression. This podcast is meant for individuals looking to evolve in all aspects of their lives. I interview leaders and coaches that have a passion to grow beyond the status quo and expand into their highest potential. Let's dive into it as we help you get 1% better with every episode. Welcome to the fifth episode of Growth Lab. Super excited to announce our guest, Anderson Duran. Uh, Anderson, thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm super excited for this episode. It's going to be a special one. Uh, entertain me as I go through a quick intro about Anderson. Uh, professionally, Anderson has a bachelor's in mathematics, teacher education, and a master's in curriculum and instruction in mathematics from University of Central Florida. Go Knights. Uh, with, with, <laughs> with, with, with that, no surprise, Anderson founded his own education company called Duran Learning and also works as the director of mathematics as the, at the Learning Liaisons. Uh, he's also a video producer for the Scholar Den. Uh, it's a GRE company. Uh, I'm super excited to unpack Anderson's love for education uh, and also mathematics in this episode. Uh, personally, Anderson and I are good friends and we view the world in a similar way, uh, which is to always improve yourself and support others do the same. I love Anderson's mission in life, which is to help others succeed no matter in what form. Uh, he's truly someone that's following his gifts and continues to follow and live his truth. Uh, in this episode, we will cover Anderson's love for education, mathematics, and starting his company, Duran Learning, uh, challenges and wins along the way of being an entrepreneur and starting his company, uh, and also why education and the next generation is the key to changing the world. So Anderson, thank you for being here again. I'm super excited for this episode. Uh, let's really start with you know, the first bullet point that I went through, which is uh, your love for education, mathematics, and starting your own company, uh, Duran Learning. You know, where, did it, where did this uh, start, your love for education, and you know, why, is it, why is it so important to you, and, and walk us through you starting your company as well? Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's a pretty, pretty long, I mean, obviously it's life, right? So it's a pretty long story, but uh, I'll go ahead and give you the shorthand notation, maybe like 30, 30 seconds to a minute here. Uh, basically, it started in college, uh, you know, like a lot of us. And, you know, initially starting in college, I just started off following my brother's footsteps because he was an aerospace engineer. And, you know, I'm coming in, you know, he's a junior at this point. I'm a freshman. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, uh, I'm sorry, he's a senior at this point. So I'm like, yeah, cool. I'll just follow him in his footsteps. I'll be an aerospace engineer. I had no idea what college was about. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I, I lucked out my freshman year and actually got an internship. Um, at Mitsubishi Power Systems. So I was basically an intern helping design turbines and things like that. Mm. And it was pretty cool, man. It was pretty cool. But um, unfortunately, I discovered that I, I, I can't, you know, perceive that kind of life. Uh, I can't pursue that because I just didn't see myself being at the time what I called a, a desk monkey. And I just couldn't see that in myself. And so um, I switched from, you know, engineering to computer science because I liked coding as well. But wasn't really my thing either. Uh, more of a hobby, not a career for me. And so it, the magic happened really in my junior year. That's when everything like unfolded for me because uh, that's when I moved out of my parents' place in my junior year because I wanted to learn what it was like to pay my bills and everything. And I wisely, sarcastically, uh, moved out without having a plan for a job or anything like that. But mm -hmm. I lucked out because I got a job at the UCF Recreation and Wellness Center, so the gym, 
and I got a, a job at UCF housing as well. So I got really lucky. And that's when I started my tutoring company officially as well. So, you know, with all of that unfolding, um, I switched over to education in that semester. And the crazy thing was when I started teaching spin, it all hit me. Like it really all hit me. That's when it hit me that helping other people find their success is what I was meant to do. Mm. Um, I, I realized that I had a, a gift in being able to explain certain concepts, the ones that I understood. And I knew that if I was going to find any sort of success in life, I had to foster that. I had to continue, you know, building up that skill set of explaining things, motivating people. And that's when everything really took off, you know, fast forward a few years. And uh, I worked at a, a school, I worked for Florida Virtual School, and it really all uh, came together at the end of my tenure at Florida Virtual School. Uh, I started Duran Learning officially with a calculus website. And yeah, you know, I just kept going ever since then. Um, really, <laughs> what's funny is that uh, I failed hard the first time though. So I started a calculus, a calculus website right in 2017 and um, I knew nothing about business. I knew a lot about education, ton of education experience, but nothing about business. And so that's what really made me more determined to learn more about business. It took me about two years after the fact but then I found my footing again, and now I, I'm running a company that's growing very, very quickly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a lot of in between, though. But um, but yeah, that's that's essentially the basics. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. And I, you know, one of the things that I love that you shared is, you know, it w what clicked for you was your mission in life, which was to help others succeed. And then everything started right. to fall into place. Then you found the channel for you was education, uh, and and you know mathematics was a strong suit for you. And you know you started your company, and you, then you kind of started the business. So you kind of walk us through some of the challenges that you faced, right? So initially you said, you know, you started the website, it wasn't successful, and then you know you had to learn, um, you know, business to be able to start around learning and be successful right. at it. So you know, what did that look like? You know, first of all, you know, I know it takes a lot to start something right to, oh, yeah. to go off and start your own business you could have i don't know what paths you could have discovered or you could have uncovered you know after having a master's in mathematics and education you could have became a professor you could you could have became a teacher yeah. and kind of followed that traditional path so you know it's kind of backing up like how did how did you say i want to start my own company and why right and then you know what were some of the challenges that you faced in, in actually going about doing that yeah so uh, it really stems from this this principle that i live by and it's um, you know, it, it, don't complain, you know, instead of complain, change it. And so while I was working for Florida virtual school, um, you know, I realized a couple of things that, that, that could have done, could have been done better. Um, and so I realized after a while working there that Florida virtual school was more so a business than they were an education entity. Um, they were both, but they were more so on the business side, meaning that they, you know, they, they allowed certain things to take place that I didn't particularly agree with. And so I, you know, I started doing my calculus stuff and I wanted to really change the way that people saw things. Now, the thing was, you know, after leaving Florida virtual school to pursue my company, it was an ultimatum really what happened at that point. So I chose my company and moving forward again, you know, I had no business experience. And so the main, um, the main struggle I went through was, Hey, battling my anxiety, but also learning how to build a damn business. And that was the hardest thing for me in the world. But the great thing about life is, you know, once you learn a lesson once, chances are you don't have to learn it again. Mm -hmm. And so that's when the virtue of patience really hit me that, you know, you have to be patient, you know, no one's going to build an empire overnight. 
you have to learn one thing every day that you can apply every single day. And you have to be a constant reflector because if you're not reflecting on what went well, what went bad, you can become jaded very quickly in whatever business you're running. And so, you know, that was, uh, that's really where it started. And then for the next two years after I just went off on my own, again, you know, the mission was to learn how to run a business. I started working at another school just to, you know, make sure I can make ends meet. And I got very lucky one day while I was doing my master's. So this was a fateful day in February, 20, uh, 2018, where I met a man by the name of Jason Ampel, who is the founder and CEO of the learning liaisons. And, um, you know, it was really hilarious how we met because I was again doing my master's. It's a Saturday morning. I'm leaving what's called night ed. It's like uh, TED talks, but for UCF. And so I'm leaving this event, you know, it's about noon on Saturday. I'm leaving a little early because I got what I needed to uh, write my, uh, my report for one of my classes. And so I may or may not have gone out the night before. And so I was a little tired, you know? And, and so I'm walking away from this, I'm walking out and I see somebody sponsoring the event and it was Jason. And he's showcasing on his TV how he teaches teachers and all that. And, I, and I'm, I'm just walking out and I see him showcasing, you know, teaching teachers. And I'm like, oh, cool, man. I make videos for my website too. I just gave him a, you know, a finger gun. Like, hey, that's cool. And I just keep walking by. And then all I hear is, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and then we end up talking and um, yeah, you know, he wants to acquire me. Like he wants to see what I can do and all that stuff. And so pretty much what happened was he had me build a sample for one of his courses. And so, and for the listeners, pay attention to this part because pretty much he said, hey, build a sample. I want to see what you can do. I want to see if, you know, we can expand on this thought. And I say, sure. I take his guidelines home. I sit down and it hit me. I just got an opportunity, an opportunity to learn about business. Do not let, you know, don't, don't let this slip, right? That's the first thing on my mind. I'm like, man, it's been, it's been a while since I've had an opportunity like this. You know, it was nine months at this point since I started and left on my own. And so I looked at the guidelines and I said, screw this, I'm gonna make the whole damn thing. And so I made the whole course for him in two weeks, presented it to him and uh, we had a conversation later that day and he reveals that he had a math director the whole time, but he was willing to fire that math director if I said yes on the spot and I did. And so that kicked me off to, you know, over the next two years at that point to really accelerate my growth in business. And I, I am forever grateful for that opportunity. But life is really about opportunities because my whole fixation was improving my business leadership capabilities, like just improving business, improving business, improving business. And I realized that opportunity uh, a little more quickly than I would have had I just gone about life passively. Mm. So um, I'll pause there to see, you know, <laughs> if you have any questions on that, because like there, there's a ton more, but that was probably the, the, the defining moment of how I propelled myself to where I am now. Just that yeah. one moment accepting that opportunity. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I love, you know, a few things you, you, you mentioned that we can go into, right? From the, from the beginning, you mentioned, uh, you know, first you had to battle your anxiety and, you know, actually start the business itself. So there, there's a whole thread we can explore there, you know, how you were able to right. do that. Um, another thing you said was, uh, you know, what's super important is learning one thing every day. Uh, and getting 1% better, uh, which was bing, 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 bing for, for me and for the principle <laughs> of this episode and the principle of, uh, of Growth Lab, right? It's to become 1% better to learn one thing. And, you know, what I want our audience to take away is one thing from every episode. You can take more, 
but at least one. Uh, so, right. so I appreciate you mentioning that as well and how that's a key principle in your life. Um, yeah. And then you mentioned the opportunity piece, which is key, right? You're learning to um, point out or, or see the opportunities when they're there and also to, uh, you know, take them on, right? To Because you mentioned the quote, in life is really about opportunity. So, uh, you know, Perhaps we can talk about that a, a little bit too. But let's let's go to the first point that I mentioned. Just uh, uh, battling your anxiety and and you know before you started your business, you know what did that look like and what did you do uh, to be able to get to the point of saying you know what I'm just gonna actually do this. Yeah. So um, you know we're, we're all we're all naturally uh, safe thinkers, right? You know we we want to do what's safe, and oftentimes that's the path of least resistance. But you know as I said before, in terms of uh, you know, being a freshman in college, you know, knowing that I could be an engineer, like knowing that I'm gifted enough to apply myself and learn this, I knew that I wasn't passionate about it. And so, you know, I left that and then leaving computer science and then education and then the uncertainty with Florida virtual school and all that, you know, it was, it was almost constant anxiety. And that doesn't go away unless you pick something that you can do to make progress. And that's, that's again, in terms of my context. Um, this could work for somebody else, may not. But in my context, my anxiety subsides when I am making progress. And that can look like a ton of different things. You know, it can be, you know, disciplining yourself in terms of self-help books, like from Brian Tracy or um, Eric Thomas or whoever it may be, you know, you, reading and learning self-discipline really was a big thing for me because my anxiety stems from the unknown. It stems from the, the challenges that I face in front of me and perhaps not knowing how it's gonna turn out in the end. And so if you're running a business, whoo, that's anxiety city, right? <laughs> that's anxiety city. And so, you know, instead of playing the victim card, that's something that I got over very quickly in my life because no one, you know, the victims never get first place. They never do. They may get justice, but they never get first place. And so adapting a victim mentality is something that I've gotten away from since I was 20 years old. You know, like there's, there's no room for that in my life. And so that was step number one to curb my anxiety, like no victim mindset, screw that. I'm going to work. I'm going to replace my anxiety with work. And so that's what I did uh, over that time span. Now, was I perfect at it? No. Sometimes my anxiety would win. Sometimes my anxiety would, but the trend was making progress. And so, yes, I've had a lazy day where my anxiety was like, yeah, you're not doing anything today, boy. Cause uh, you've got so much on your plate. And again, that's going to happen. But by reflecting and meditating and looking into those moments of my life where I was incapable of making some sort of action that would have produced a, a quality result. I look at those and I say, Hey, look, I know that we all try to do our best and there's no way to be perfect, but you can identify non-perfect moments and say, and this is something I truly actually do. I say that wasn't perfect. So let's be more perfect. And so for me, that's kind of like the law of averages. And what I mean by that is, you know, your whole life is going to center itself around your average self, like who you are most of the time. And so although it's impossible to achieve perfection simply because it is a subjective idea, you can attempt to be perfect as often as you can, because that will move the average of your life in a positive direction. So it's not going to happen in a day. My anxiety wishes it would happen in a day but it just does not. You have to be consistent in the way that you perform every day to truly curb that anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love that you share that. And, you know, keep a couple of key points that stood out to me. I mean, initially, 
you know, you, you, and again, you said this earlier too, was that you followed your passion, right? You initially, you know, started engineering that didn't really feel right, even though that seemed like the best option, but it didn't feel right to you. And then you moved into computer science that didn't feel right. And then really education was the channel that you can follow your passion in, right? So such an important point, uh, you know, when you, when you don't have the right channel, you're going to feel like something that uh, something is off. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then you mentioned, I really like the, the, the term that you started the sentence, uh, anxiety stems from the unknown, not knowing what's happening. And I can absolutely relate to that. And I think a lot of our audience will be able to relate to that where, you know, it's, it, we, as, as humans, we want everything sorted out. We want to have a plan that talks about our life for the next, you know, two to three years or, you know, have everything, everything sorted out. It's great to plan, but sometimes you just can't plan everything. Right. And you got to allow to kind of step into your edges and step into the uncomfortable because that's where the growth comes from. Right. And that's exactly what you did in your journey where, you know, it didn't, it didn't feel super comfortable, but you said, you know, I'm not going to be a victim here. I'm going to go in and I'm going to get this done. Right. Which is, which is, which is amazing. Um, So let's go back to one of the things you mentioned, right? So you kind of, you're, you're sharing your story, story when you met, met the CEO uh, and what was his name? Jason. Jason. Yeah. So you met Jason, right. And, and you said, Hey, this is my opportunity to learn business. Right. And so share with us, you know, what did that look like once you started working with Jason, you took that opportunity and you mentioned, you know, life is really about opportunity and that was a pivot point for you. So, you know, help us understand what that looked like when you did take it on and, and, you know, what you learned about business and how that's allowed you to be you know, successful at your, at your company today. Yeah. So man, um, uh, yeah. So Jason, if you're ever listening to this, man, I appreciate everything you've ever done for me, man. Like I, I owe you, I owe you the success that I have today because he, he taught me so much, you know, um, like literally taught me and vicariously taught me because I, I watched very, very carefully everything that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, this is definitely something for, for everybody, you know, it, you need a mentor if you're going into the unknown, like if you're doing something that is unknown to you, you need a mentor, whether it's watching a YouTube video, reading a book, or having someone physically there. And so since the start of my time with him, I watched very carefully how he communicated with customers, how he set up his website, how he ran the workshops, you know, how we did everything because we did a lot of things in terms of teaching these teachers. And so, you know, from the time that I started, I knew that again, this was an opportunity that I couldn't squander. You know, this was not a a corporate company that would run your life nine to five, you know, and, and most, not all, but like some corporations really don't really you know, care about your personal life or who you are, but he, he did, he did. And that, that motivated me even more to work harder and to be a better leader because I understood that, okay, lesson number one, your team is you, like you and your team is an extension of you. And you need to make sure that they feel good and their, their primary needs are taken care of before you can demand the most out of them. And so from there, that was time for me to, to branch out. Cause at first I was just making these math courses and then running a little math workshop. Then, um, you know, those are the only responsibilities in my contract, but I took it upon myself to do more. And so what I did was, okay, let's see how, you know, he runs Facebook group. Let me help out a little more there. Okay. Oh, Oh, now he's trusting me a little more because he sees that I'm really willing to work hard. Okay. Um, oh, I'm getting into the website stuff now. Oh, great. I'm learning how to, you know, build pages and I'm learning how to order this course material um, in an even better way to really, you know, raise engagement. And then from there, we got into the automation side, like the emailing side and, and learning that back end of the business. And all of those opportunities inside of that big opportunity 
came because I worked beyond my salary or my compensation. Um, I was an independent contractor at first. And so again, I was only getting paid for the course that I made and the workshops that I did and maybe tutoring sessions, but I did everything else basically as me saying, I need to learn business. And so I'm going to do everything that I can here and outwork my paycheck. Because when the time came a year later, a year and a half later, when the time came for me to request, and I'm going to use that term uh, jokingly, to request a full-time employment status, so a salary, you know, taxes, all that, benefits, I, I had the leverage that I needed to get that promotion into full-time status. And so, again, that would not have happened if I didn't outwork my paycheck and show him what my value truly was. And so, boom, became a full-time employee. I helped grow the company uh, to a certain respect. And um, that contract actually expired July 1st, technically. But it was in May that I came across the opportunity for the new Duran Learning, like version 2.0. Because uh, at first it was calculus. And again, that was, a, that was a failure because I knew I could make a great product, but I didn't know how to exactly connect with people and the different avenues that you could connect with people with. And so fast forward, you know, those two years, now I, I'm going to be real with you. You know, I am confident and I can stand up tall and say, I know how to build and run a business. Like that's how I feel now. And so the opportunity came to uh, coach for this test, which is called the ASVAB, A-S-V-A-B. It stands for the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery. And every service member takes it upon enlistment or when they're trying to enlist. And I looked at the market, I saw that it was a, you know, kind of a soft market. And I said, let's go ahead and see what we got here. And I applied everything that I've learned in the past two years, I applied everything. And now I became the fastest growing company in that market, easily. So within eight weeks, now we have over 1100 Facebook members. Um, I have over 500 people on this email list. You know, we have a bunch of subscribers to our group tutoring. I'm running 12 sessions a month. Like all these great things are happening and none of it was by luck. It was all because I took that huge opportunity in the beginning and made it even bigger for myself by simply learning a little more every day and being hungry. And we, we all heard Les Brown, you gotta be hungry. Yeah, you gotta be hungry, man, you gotta be hungry. And you have to be okay with outworking your paycheck. I would definitely say that to our viewers, you gotta be okay with outworking your paycheck because they see that you're not just working for a paycheck, you're working for a cause. And the cause that I worked for in the learning liaisons was helping put qualified teachers in the classroom so that our students wouldn't have to go a year anymore with a substitute or someone who's not qualified. Yeah, I love that. I love the, the outworking your paycheck and also, um, you know, needing a mentor, right? If you're stepping into the unknown, learn from someone who's doing what you want to do, uh, which is great advice, right? And it's, it's common sense, but oftentimes common sense is in common practice. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, if, 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 you know, you see someone and this could apply in any, any sort of profession, right. It, it could apply in business, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, it could, you know, apply if you have a job and you want to get a promotion, you know, go find a mentor uh, that has that promotion or works in the role that you're trying to get to and emulate them, you know, work beyond your paycheck. So this, this kind of structure can work in any kind of profession or, or it could work in a business or, you know, if you're working um, at, for a company, right. And yeah. another thing, another thing I really loved to understand, you mentioned, uh, you know, the first uh, business that you started, you know, it was, it was a failure. 
but you didn't give up, which I love. I love that, right? You didn't give up, which is a key point because, you know, starting a business or starting something of your own can be intimidating, right? So, and uh, if it's not successful, you could have said, all right, I'm going to pack up and then I'm going to just take the the professional route, right? I'll just go to, I'm just going to go, you know, be a kind of work the traditional path, but you didn't do that. You know, you, you said, okay, what was my gap, which was business. So I need to learn business and you found a mentor uh, and Jason, and you were able to learn the business aspect. And now it's allowed you to be successful in your, you know, in what you're doing. Right. And that was during, so when I was getting mentored by Jason, well, two things that I have to really add on to that, but one, while I was, uh, you know, mentor, getting mentored by Jason and working with him, I was also a full-time teacher. I was also getting my master's at the time. And I was also running my tutoring company at the time, you know, mm-hmm. anywhere between five, 15 clients a week. So, you know, through all that demand um, and then, you know, trying to juggle a relationship on top of that. Uh, but through all of that, I was able to continue learning, you know, the, the, the idea of organizational management um, within myself. Um, and, but then the other thing to add uh, on top of the mentors thing, um, I've had plenty of mentors before Jason as well. Uh, Dr. Michael Pape at UCF. You know, if you ever hear this uh, podcast, thank you, sir. Um, uh, Dr. Caroline Hopp, also a professor at UCF. Uh, Dr. Pape was, um, he's a venture capitalist and entrepreneur, uh, coacher. Uh, Caroline, uh, Dr. Caroline Hopp, she is um, a professor in the education department. And I've had other mentors as well. But um, you always need someone to learn from. You always need someone's perspective to digest. Whether you agree with that person's entire lifestyle or not, you can learn something from everyone. And that was the idea that I had in terms of seeking out mentors. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I love that too, right? Because oftentimes, you know, we, we think there's only certain people that can be mentors because of the role they might have or the personality that they might have. But I love what you just said, right? You can learn something from everyone. You know, everyone yeah. has gifts uh, and everyone has, a, yeah, everyone has something that, that, that you can learn from. So I, I love that. Um, so Anderson, I think one of the other points I want to cover in this podcast, um, you know, and you and I had this dialogue, right? We talked about this, yeah, but I yeah, think this is, this, <laughs> this, is, this is a great point of, you know, why education uh, and the next generation is key to changing the world. And, and the reason I want to ask you this, because you're an educator, uh, right? And, and, and you tutor people, but as a, as a holistic uh, point uh, for, for society, right? Why education is such a key, and especially during these times with everything that's happening, uh, you know, where structures, social structures are getting disrupted. You know, we live in a time of, of COVID-19. There's a lot of social unrest. Um, there's, there's so many things that are getting disrupted and in, in, in us as a society saying, you know, this needs to change, uh, but we don't know how, right? And where my intuition goes is we need to prepare the next generation to be ready to take on the challenges that in some ways we've created, right? And, and uh, so, so I think that's a key point. So I would, I would love for you to speak to that and let's have a dialogue around, around that piece. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, so first and foremost, you know, my firm belief, you know, my conviction is that any problem that we will ever have, whether it's you know a political problem, a social issue, whatever it may be, uh, every solution requires education. And I'm going to say that again. You know, every solution requires education at first, because especially depending on who's involved, we need to make sure that we're making an informed decision and not an emotional one. And that's not to say that emotions shouldn't drive decision making. They absolutely should in certain respects, but more often than not we need to be educated on the situation itself 
the implications of the different solutions that we might come up with and really measure the best way forward. And so, you know, when you're, when you ask me, you know, why education and the next generation is the key to moving forward. Well, my belief is that, you know, human focus, when it's not progress based on knowledge, it tends to turn into like that complacency and individualism that we might see like a collective, mm-hmm. not, not collective, um, not collectivism, but individualism. Mm-hmm. And that means that, you know, people will put themselves before their neighbor or put themselves before the next person in line, like the kids that are going to be taking over the next generation. But the thing is, you know, we somehow, for some reason, have this delusion or act as if there's nobody be, you know, after us. And collectively, as humans or Americans or wherever you are, it's about the next man up. That's the reason we have school in the first place, to teach them what we learned in past generations so that they have a leg up and so that they can further the progress of humanity. You know, we wouldn't have the International Space Station had it not been the culmination of generations of physics, uh, physics and study of it. Now, uh, the same thing, you know, I can use this quick example with algebra. Everybody knows the quadratic formula, right? You know, at least in some part, that song where it's like negative B plus or minus square root, like we all <laughs> learned it at some point, right? And the thing is, you know, if you, if you go back to like 12, 13, 1400, uh, the year 1400, like these people were like 45 years old just discovering that formula. But today we get to reap the benefits of that formula to teach our kids about a vast, vast, vast world that they would not have otherwise been able to had we have waited till they were 45 to teach them that. Mm-hmm. So that's what education's about. It's about giving the next generation a leg up to continue progressing humanity. And we cannot do that if we are not, again, acting collectively to care about not, not only our neighbor, but the next person up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's such, such a key point, And I love you mentioning, you know, every solution requires education, right? So if you if you don't have the awareness of, of the problem, then we can't really find the solution either, right? So uh, right. You know, they, they go hand in hand, and it comes through educating the masses, right? And educating the next generation of the challenges that we, we face today, and how the level of importance of them, right? So, and I also love the, the, the point of complacency, because I, I see that a lot, right? I see that a lot in our generation where you know because it doesn't affect us directly you know we tend to just brush it off and say you know uh, whatever uh, and, I, and right. I see that especially you know here in the United States uh, where a lot of the things even today with everything that's happening you know you, you, you sense a level of complacency and just it hasn't affected me so what you know with, with, with right. even with everything that's happening and, and that's just not the way it goes right because you think about some of the issues that we're facing with climate change right? What happens in Brazil with the, with the rainforest burning, it actually affects the quality of air that we're breathing in, right? So, so right. It, it does, you know, what happens around the world and, and to other people, it does affect us in the same way. We found that, uh, you know, what happened in China with COVID starting there can impact the whole world. So we are connected in that way, right? It, we aren't just, uh, you know, separate individuals living right. individual lives. Uh, we're, we're individual uh, personalities, living in a collective world, right? So that's, that's such an important point as well. And, you know, the, the education piece is really what comes in to say, how can we educate the next generation to be able to take on these challenges, right? And, um, and with that, Anderson, you know, like what are some of the things that we can do, you know, as individuals 
to you know support the next generation or just educate others right you know you being an educator obviously like you have your you, you have your field of study right mathematics that you that you teach but overall you know what's what's the best way to educate each other and uh you know be more aware and also the next generation but you know can you take that on yeah yeah so um yeah, I believe that there's uh, there's there's two there's two sides to that coin. Uh, one is the the way that we treat our educators, and two is the way that we treat our students. Um, so I, I don't think it's you know, it's a secret that teachers are grossly underpaid in America, right? Yeah. And so with that with that type of salary that we're offering them, it makes it very difficult for someone who is incredibly talented and a potential great educator it's very hard for someone who knows their worth to look at that salary and say, yeah, I want to go ahead and overwork and get underpaid for the rest of my life. Now there are some people <laughs> who, who have an altruistic uh, mindset who believe that it is their calling and they will go through that sacrifice to make sure that the kids have what they need. And to those teachers, man, thank you. Seriously. Thank you. Um, but at the same time, in the same breath, there are educators out there, who would be again just absolutely outstanding there's this quote that i read and this was when i was teaching over at acceleration academy where um, i came in to take over and there was a little booklet right there on the desk when i came in and the booklet in the, in the front page it was like a it was like a, a a colored cardboard paper that was like like uh, uh taped onto it basically and it said you know a, a, a good education can change anyone and a great teacher can change everything Mm. And that to me, like, I'm getting used to saying that because like <laughs> it, it resonated with me because I would not have become an educator had I not had my own, uh, you know, teacher in my past that that even made it a possibility for to think about being a teacher. And that mm. was uh, Miss Sharon Jones. And I, I haven't uh, kept up with her at all. Um, I hope she's still OK and still alive. And uh, Sharon, if you see this, I love you. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, that, you know, that's that's number one, really. You know, we need to pay teachers their worth mm -hmm. and we need to continue investing in teachers to continue basically inducting them into this idea that they are the teachers, not the state, not the county, you know, instilling these policies and forced classes or whatever it may be and how you teach. It should be the teacher running the show. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, on the student side, we need to do a much better job of making sure that students' primary needs are met. Now, we can't entirely control the home life. We can't entirely you know, control how much money their parents make. But what we can control is fostering an environment in the classroom that allows students to blossom, making sure that their basic needs are met. Like, hey, did they get enough sleep? Are they fed? You know, are they clean? Are they in any danger right now? You know, investing in, the, in resources that help combat those primary issues will allow students to feel safe and secure in the school allowing them to give more focus to educating as opposed to, oh, what's my problem at home? Or I'm hungry or I'm way too tired or I have these things, personal issues going on, mm -hmm. right? And so again, two-pronged attack. We have to, again, treat teachers the way that they should be treated, that they deserve to be treated like lawyers and doctors. Mm -hmm. And on the other side with students, we need to make sure that they are ready to learn. Because mm -hmm. if we're just coming in here, you know, and this is another side note here, if we're coming in here, expecting to teach them things that they have no idea apply to their lives or in the future, like algebra, like social studies and all these things. If we haven't made it apparent as to why this is affecting them and their future, 
because one, we're not doing it that way. We're going to teach them that way. And two, their primary needs aren't met. It's mighty difficult to teach someone. Mm -hmm. And so my proposal is, Hey, let's go ahead and get back to the basics. What happened to home economics? What happened to balancing checkbooks? What happened to physical education? What happened to all of these things like personal finance that people need to have their basic primary needs taken care of once they graduate high school? You know, what happened to that? Because if we have a a base of, of, of Americans that understand how to take care of their primary needs, how to make sure that they can plan financially, how to make sure that they can take care of themselves so that they don't take random unnecessary doctor's visits and spend more on health insurance, right? Mm -hmm. If we fostered an environment in that way, we would be much more able to have these round table discussions about difficult issues Mm -hmm. because we would not be thinking in terms of, oh, what do I need? What's going on? I need to make sure that I am taken care of and not being able to see the bigger picture. When we eliminate that, we're able to have a much healthier conversation in terms of a dialogue towards social improvement. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a key point that you mentioned, right? The, the two-pronged approach. And, and you're absolutely right with the, the teacher's point, right? You know, it's like some of the most uh, gifted educators go into different fields because of the current structure, right? And, um, and I think the first step is to, you know, have this conversation, amongst people, right? To say, this is an issue that we want to bring up in policies, right? We mm-hmm. want to bring up to, um, you know, our, our elected officials um, because it hasn't been in the past, right? You know, and, and I think that's where a lot of the funding needs to go is to our education system. And, and to your point, teach some of the things that, uh, you know, are basic and, and, and allow people to think in a way that they can uh, explore these challenges, right? And allow the kids to think in a way. Um, so I, I love that. And, and thanks for sharing that, Anderson. Just the, you know, the educator perspective is important in this. Um, and I really do believe that the next generation is the one that can, that can uh, face the challenges that, that we've created in some way. And, 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 and for one is just the education between us, right? You know, having conversations like this and, you know, taking a topic to say, okay, let's, let's unfold this. Let's have a dialogue. Right. And I think that's one thing that's missing in, in today's time is we're not talking. You know, we've taken our stands, we've taken left or right, we've taken, you know, our, our, our side of the coin and we've said, this is where I'm at. And we've we planted our flag. And we're not saying, hey, let's just come together and have a conversation. I think you and I talked about this in the past where, you know, if you're not having dialogue and if you're not having conversation, then we're not, we're not going to make any progress. Right. And that's, yeah. and that's part of education as well, you know, to, to what, you, what you mentioned. Go ahead. Do you, have, yeah. you have a point? Yeah. And to add on to that, man, um, and it, it's the way that we have this dialogue because so much of us, um, and you know, I, I'm guilty of this as many times as the next person is, you know, when we come into a conversation, we typically have points that we want to make, or if we come into an argument, there are certain facts that we want to present or our beliefs that we want to present. And we hope that at the end of the conversation that our point has been not only made, but adopted by the other person. But I think far too often, people are more concerned about just saying what they believe as opposed to trying to change the other person's mind. Mm -hmm. And so in business, in my experience, what I've learned is if you're trying to sell anything, if that includes an idea, if that includes having someone click on a link or watching a YouTube or whatever it is, doesn't matter. If you want to change someone's outlook, you need to first understand where they're coming from. You know, so many of us are so quick to just say, you know, make this point or, you know, you're wrong for doing this or you're wrong for voting for this person or you're wrong for taking this political stance as a, you know, without first saying, Hey man, how are you? 
So, yeah. you know, where's your, what's your perspective on this issue? I want to know what you think. Um, before I, you know, before I share mine, I kind of want to know you, you know, I want to know what, where we have commonalities, where we can find that common ground and where we can extend the conversation from that common ground. Yeah. But again, so many of us are too quick on the trigger to just want to be heard as opposed to being understood. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really the marriage of, of both the logical mind and an emotional uh, state, right? So, you know, if emotions take over to something that you mentioned earlier, then we don't allow logically to have a conversation, right? So it's, it's, right. it's bringing both of those together where yes, you know, follow your emotions, but also be able to have a logical conversation. So such a key point. And I think in today's time, you know, that, that it's super important to be able to let the guards down, and have a conversation about things. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really where progress comes from. So yeah. th thanks a bunch, Anderson. This has been a lightning conversation from your journey uh, of starting your own company, uh, you know, to your love in education and, and some of the challenges that you face to becoming who you are today and, uh, and, and your journey that continues to move on, right? This is just a one phase and you're continuing to grow. And that's, that's something that, uh, you know, that's a principle that you live by is always to make sure that you're improving every day. And I, and I see that in you. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts for us before we let you go? Uh, man, I'm just absolutely grateful for, you know, being a guest on this podcast. This is actually my first guest appearance on any podcast. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to potentially maybe coming back sometime soon to discuss, you know, uh, even more issues. Um, yeah. Education, while it's just one uh, facet of my life, um, I, I, me just as well as you, you know, we like uh, in being philosophers in, in different areas. So uh, I hope that we can extend this conversation some other time. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll have to jam on it, jam on some other topics as, as, as time progresses. Now, really quickly, uh, where can people find you if they're looking for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. So uh, my Instagram handle at do more with Duran. Uh, that's where I have a ton of motivational uh, PSAs, public service announcements, where, you know, you can just scroll down, pick one and really just add on to your day nice and easy. And you can also find me uh, at www.duranlearning.com if you need help with the ASVAB or any math help at all. All right, you know how to find them. Uh, thank you again, Anderson, for being here. This has been an amazing podcast. Uh, we'll be in touch soon and hopefully bring you back as a guest in the future. Perfect, thanks for having me, man.